if you've heard you're supposed to have an email list, but you're not sure what you're supposed to say to them, you don't know why anyone would want to be on this list, and you're sick with worry that if you do start emailing people, you're going to annoy them, you are not alone. I give a live email marketing workshop, and in the last one I learned, there are many teachers out there wondering why the heck they need to be emailing people on top of posting on social media and blogging and creating products. So if you've ever wondered if email marketing is really worth it, if it's going to pay off and grow your business, then this is the episode for you. I'm going to walk you through why email marketing is an important strategy to add to your plan when you're ready to do that. And I'll tell you exactly how to get it going in a way that doesn't feel icky or annoying. I'll also tell you how to overcome the fear that people will do the dreaded you word. You know what I'm talking about, right? Unsubscribe. We're going to get over that fear because it's really not a big deal. And we're going to conquer that together on today's episode. So stay tuned. How can we as creative educators and entrepreneurs find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced. Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. I saw the dreaded statement on a Facebook group the other day. It said something like, hey guys, um, I know I'm supposed to have an email list. So I put one of those name and email things up on my blog and two people signed up. Well, one was my mom. But anyway, does anyone know what I'm supposed to be emailing these people? Does email marketing even work? Is it worth it? Sorry if that was you that posted that in the Facebook group and I'm totally calling you out right here. But I also get it. And the reason I'm saying it was dreaded and I cringed when I read it wasn't because of the question. The question is totally legit. It was because of the way we are doing this whole marketing thing. There's so much information out there for you to sift through that you're left feeling this huge weight. And that's what this question kind of gets at. It's this huge burden and guilt that if you really want to grow your business, you should be adding more to your to-do list. As if we don't already have enough going on, we have school and life and our business, we don't need to be adding more to our plates. So I don't want you to build an email list just because you think you're supposed to or you think you have to. You are the whole reason I created this podcast and Teacher Hustle University because marketing doesn't need to be that hard. So here's what we'll do. I'm going to give you the rundown in this podcast episode about email marketing. I'm going to talk about who should be using it, why you should use it, and I'm going to tell you how to get started. You can get started tonight right after this episode. You can, you're going to 
start up your email marketing strategy if you want to. You have to know though, before I start, I have to tell you, I am totally biased. I am obsessed with email. Out of all of the pieces of marketing foundation that I teach, email is my number one favorite. I love writing email. I love copy. I love talking strategy. I could seriously talk about email way more than anyone in their right mind would ever want to hear about. So I have to put it out there before I start talking about it that I definitely am biased toward using an email marketing strategy. So I don't think that you should not use email marketing, but I think you should wait till you're ready. And so I'll take that angle when I kind of explain it to you. And after you take in the information in this podcast, here's what I don't want you to do, okay? I don't want you to run off and start building your email list because I told you to. I want you to listen to the whole thing, take your notes, then get off the podcast and decide if email marketing is a worthwhile addition to your marketing strategy right now. And if not right now, then put it on your back burner to-do list, put it on your long-term goals for when the time is right. But don't let don't let yourself feel guilty because you're not doing it. If you're not doing it, it's because it's not right for your business right now. You're not ready for it. You haven't strengthened the other parts of marketing. So you need to wait until you are ready. And if you are working really hard on creating and building a marketing plan that works for your business, the time will come. There's going to be a moment where you're like, okay, you know, suddenly things are feeling a little bit lighter and I think I am ready to learn and tackle something new. And that's when you'll know it's time to add in another layer and you'll go to that back burner to-do list and you'll say, oh yeah, remember that podcast Alyssa talked about email marketing. I think I'm ready for that. Then you can come listen to this podcast again and you can get started, okay? But don't do it until it's right for you. Do not do it just because I said so. Because if it's not for you right now, it's not going to work out anyway. You're going to be forcing your way through it. Your audience is going to know. It's going to end up way worse than it was if you just put it to the back burner for now. Email marketing should not be one more thing to do in your business. It has to have a clear purpose and you have to have an understanding of that purpose before you have any success with it. I've talked to so many teachers who started collecting names and email addresses because someone told them they should but then they were left with the guilt of having a group of people on a list that they've never ever written to. And they're not sure what they're supposed to write to them anyway. So maybe once in a while, they'll send them a freebie out of pity, pure pity, because they're like, they know they're sitting there and they feel guilty about it. That's not email marketing. It's not going to move your business forward. It's not worth your time. It's just going to make you feel guilty and make you feel bad. Let's talk about why email marketing is a good platform choice. It is a worthwhile strategy to use for communicating with your ideal audience. In fact, I want to talk about why it's one of the best platform choices when you're ready to communicate with your audience. And I know what you're thinking when I say that. You're thinking, Alyssa, does anyone really check their email anymore? I mean, there's Instagram, right? There's Pinterest, there's Facebook. Are they really, email is a little old school, but sometimes old school is a bit of a relief when everything else is so complicated. And the fact of the matter is that 99% of users check their email every single day. And if that's, you know, if you can relate to that, email is the very first thing I look at on my phone every morning. 
right? And it's the easiest to sift through. And then 61% of users said they enjoy getting promotional emails. They actually enjoy it. Here we're thinking they hate it, right? That they dread it and they're like, oh, I hate promotions. People actually like seeing products in their inbox and I can relate to that too. I love getting Ann Taylor Loft coupons in my email inbox. When I get one, I'm like, okay, what's the sale? What do I need to go check out? What's the new product? I'm excited when I get uh, new releases because I'm on the VIP list for my favorite brand and they told me first about you know, their new product. Those sorts of things are exciting and people do enjoy that. And so email is a, is kind of easy for people. It's simple. It's old school. It's nice. It's a relief. The thing about email is that we have a way to personalize the communication with our perfect audience and we don't have to fight an algorithm to do that. Think about it. Email is one of the last remaining platforms where the content is actually served to your audience in chronological order, the order in which it was received. Do you remember that? Do you remember when news feeds used to be like that? They're not anymore. Now we have to try to like figure out the secret formula. There's no secret formula with email. You send an email, it lands in the inbox. You do have a little a little work to do to make sure you don't end up in a spam folder, but that is a lot easier than trying to figure out the matrix inner workings of the Instagram and Pinterest algorithms, right? Email at least is simple enough that you know your intended audience is gonna receive your personalized communication to them. It's a way to stay in contact with a curated group of people, people who you know, you've selected them, you, you've carefully, and when I say selected, I'll tell you in a minute what I mean by selected. You've carefully curated who ends up on your email list through your strategy, and so you know they're interested in following along with what you're going to offer next. Think of it as the contact list in your phone. You have a direct line to let people know when you have a new product launching or to stir up excitement about an existing product that you just want to like take it off the shelf and dust it off and breathe life into it again. Your email list will want to hear about it. Maybe you already know email is king or queen when it comes to communicating with your audience, but you are too scared to jump into it because there's this whole idea of learning how to use an email service provider. And that feels like one more tech thing to tackle, right? There's all sorts of crazy language, opt-ins, sequences, broadcasts, landing pages, segmenting, automations, All of that can be really overwhelming to say the least, but here's the thing, to tackle the tech when it comes to email, you just need to get in the ring. You need to go to your email service provider one night, no other tasks on your plate, and just explore. It's going to have tutorials. Every good email service provider comes with tutorials. You can figure it out. It's way more simple than it sounds. It's one of those things where once you start using it, the terms become second nature, but you have to jump in and start using it to get to that point. All right, so if you're ready to start working on email marketing, you're prepared to figure out all of that crazy tech, how do you get people on your email list? You know, besides your mom, right? The real people on your email list. Sorry, mom. Let me tell you how you don't get people on your list. You don't just stick an opt-in, which is, you know, the name and email form where you have to put in your name and email. You do not just stick that at the top of your blog and write something really clever like subscribe now 
Because unless you are already famous, guys, unless you're like Joanna Gaines or something, nobody is going to subscribe to your email list when it's just sitting on the top of your blog and says subscribe now. Literally no one. Because in 2020, we know the online space, it's so noisy. We are bombarded with email opt-ins. People need to know if they're going to click, if they're going to hand over their name and email address, which is pretty precious material, if they're going to choose to communicate with you, what's in it for them? What are they getting out of this? That's what they want to know. And this is where your lead magnet comes in. Your lead magnet is exactly what it sounds like. It's the magnet, right? The freebie that attracts your leads. And leads are just, it's just a fancy term for the names and email addresses that you collect and that end up on your list. They may eventually become buyers, right? Leads. And your lead magnet has to be juicy enough that people are going to take that extra step of typing their info into that box and hitting submit. And that really is an extra step for people. It does take a bit of commitment. So your lead magnet needs to be good enough that they're like, wow, okay, I need that. I'm willing to put in my name and my email address and I'm willing to continue to communicate with this person because that lead magnet is fire and I need it. And so I could write an entire podcast on choosing the perfect lead magnet and there is some science behind that and you are going to need to experiment and you are going to need to figure out what exactly is going to be the best lead magnet. You might have multiple lead magnets, but I want to give you some basic do's and don'ts here. You do want your lead magnet to target your perfect person. You don't want it to attract someone who is not your perfect person. And I know that seems simple, but let me explain. In fact, the thing is, when you really nail a lead magnet, when you really have the right one, it actually repels the people who do not belong on your list. Because the worst thing you could do is have an email list full of people who don't want to hear about your topic or they don't want to buy from you because they were never in your niche in the first place. They were never your right person in the first place. So we have to be careful with what kind of a lead magnet we put out there so we don't attract the wrong people to the list. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're a kindergarten teacher and you want your lead magnet to attract other kindergarten teachers. So you're like, okay, I've got it. I'm going to make these adorable classroom Valentine cards for teachers to give to their students. Every teacher needs Valentine's at the last minute to print out and give to their students. They want them for free. You put them on your blog. You have your readers opt into your email list to get these adorable Valentine cards. It sounds like a great way to get kindergarten teachers on your list, right? But here's what's going to happen. You're going to put that lead magnet. You're going to pin it on Pinterest. You're going to get it out there to your cold audiences. You're going to attract teachers from every single grade level across the board, maybe even high school. Because every teacher, I don't know about high school teachers if they hand out Valentine's, but every teacher needs a quick print off Valentine. They don't care, you know, what grade level. The grade level doesn't matter. They still need that. And they don't really want to be on your email list. They don't really ever probably want to buy something for kindergarten. And even if they are kindergarten teachers in this example, they might not buy anything else from you because you've gone and completely solved their problem. Their problem was they needed classroom valentines and you just went and completely solved that for them. They don't need anything else. So your lead magnet should attract the right people It should repel the wrong people, and it should only partially solve a problem. 
It should be part of a larger plan where you're creating a customer journey and you're showing your customer why they do need to buy from you. And that's another topic for another episode, another one I could go on forever about. Just keep that in mind. Now, let's say you have nailed that lead magnet. You've created something teachers need. It solves part of the problem. It amplifies the need for more from you. And you're starting to build your list of perfect people. Even if there's only one person on your list and she's your perfect person, now you're like, oh boy, I have to email her, right? I am supposed to say something to her. So what am I supposed to say and how can I avoid annoying her and how do I keep her on my list and how often do I write to her that I'm not annoying? And the thing is that there are no hard and fast rules here. I want you to get to the point where you're emailing your list weekly but I don't want you to email them just to email them. So don't just email them weekly because Alyssa said so. It has to be part of your larger strategy. You have to have a content plan that works for you across all of the different platforms that recycle and amplify that content. And I would definitely recommend promoting a product, really thinking about launching your product at least quarterly, and then plan your emails to kind of lead your customer on the journey toward purchasing the product of the quarter. That can kind of help you keep it straight in your mind. If you're just starting out and you're like, oh my gosh, weekly? Like, what am I going to say weekly? That feels like so much. Go ahead and email them bi-weekly. Go ahead and email them monthly if you must. The prob- There's a problem with that though. So if that's a choice that's working best for you and your business and your lifestyle and your audience, fine. I'm not going to tell you that the, like, the rule is you must do it weekly. The thing is you need to keep an eye on your own open rates and your own click-through rates and compare them to one another. If you see that your open rates and click-through rates are dying down, they're taking a dip you might need to communicate with your audience more frequently. If you communicate with them monthly, they're going to probably be low because the trouble with spacing out your emails is because there's too much noise in our inboxes. We'll go back to that for a minute. People forget who you are. No offense, but they forget why they signed up to hear from you and what your niche was and what you were going to help them with. It's very easy to be forgettable in all of this noise. So When you worry about being annoying, I want you to think about your own email inbox. When have you ever been annoyed by an email and what was annoying about it? Personally, I've actually never been annoyed by an email because I love signing up for lead magnets. I have a really bad memory. So in all this noise online, my way of sorting through and following along with my favorite marketing guru is by getting them in my inbox. I know once they're in my inbox, if I love their message, I sign up for their lead magnet, then I can open and read their emails and I can keep up with them. If I just see their website online, I'm going to forget about them in two seconds. There's just too many people, right? So lately though, I've been on a real unsubscribe kick for my inbox. I've been trying to clean house. Uh, It was getting too busy. I was signing up for too much. I was like, yes, I want this and this and this. And I'm getting ready to hand off some of my email customer service to my virtual assistant, so I needed to clear out my inbox. I unsubscribed if I didn't recognize the name and email, if I didn't know who it was coming from and I couldn't quickly register how that person was going to help me, I got rid of them. Now, I know that when I was in that like clean out mode, I probably lost some that were going to be good connections, 
but I needed to clean out. And so if they weren't showing up on the regular and making an impact on me, then they weren't memorable enough for me to keep around. The ones that I kept are the ones that show up regularly. I open their emails and I remember who they are and how they can help me. So worse than being annoying, I absolutely think that worse than being annoying is not being memorable. Weigh that out a little bit. What's worse, showing up too much or not showing up enough? But let's say worst case scenario, someone does decide they want to unsubscribe. It's probably still not because you're annoying. It's probably because they can't remember who you are. Maybe they were never interested in buying in the first place. And maybe they're doing an inbox clean out like I'm doing. Maybe they signed up for your lead magnet with multiple email addresses by accident and they're realizing they're getting emails from you in both accounts or they changed grade levels and they don't need what you're offering anymore. None of those reasons are offensive. None of those reasons are reasons to take personally. So you need to stop looking at your unsubscribes. When you see an unsubscribe, think of it as like your self-cleaning oven. It's your email list cleaning itself out for you. And the benefit of that the benefit of your email list doing a self clean out is it's going to improve your open rate. So think of that. Think, you know what? That's okay. It's going to email. It's going to increase my open rate. I have more people that are my perfect people and let it go. All right. If you're convinced you need to jump in and you want to get your email marketing thing rolling, you've listened to the right podcast. You're ready to get started. Your first like major choice is going to be deciding on an email service provider. And everybody wants to know what's the right one? What's the best one? There's all kinds of options. There are lots of recommendations out there. There are free options. There are paid options. There are a ton of choices when it comes to an email service provider. I would suggest it's easier for me to visually show you the different email service providers and what they offer and compare them. Uh, We're on a podcast, so clearly I can't do that. But you can just Google email service provider comparison checklist and you will find all kinds of different checklists that help you sort through the features of each email service provider. Many teacher business owners that I know opt for the free mail service provi- email service provider to get them started because they're not ready to invest in email marketing yet. But I do want to warn you that when your business grows, you're going to want to use advanced methods with emailing your list. And you're going to end up switching over to an email service provider that better accomplishes that. And so that's not hard to do. It's not hard to switch your list over, but you're going to want um, an email service provider that does things like advanced automations and segmenting of your list. And I have found that ConvertKit is the most comprehensive email service provider that I've tried. So I became an affiliate for them, which means that if you use my link to purchase ConvertKit, I receive a little bit of compensation from them. And the cool part about that is that I want to support anyone who uses my link to purchase. So I have created a step-by-step PDF guide that walks you through all that crazy vocabulary, what it all means, how to set up your ConvertKit account, where all the buttons are and what everything means. So if you use my ConvertKit link that's going to be in the show notes, this is important. Make sure you also send me an email, hello at alyssamcdonald.com to let me know you used my link and I will send over that free startup PDF guide for ConvertKit if you decide that's the right fit for you. And I need to be totally like 
put all the cards on the table and let you know that I used to use ConvertKit, but I switched over to Kajabi. And the reason for that is because I was already using Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform that I use to host my course or my membership, but you can also use it to host courses. And it's my favorite place on the planet. It's my favorite to use. And it's where I house the entire core training for the membership. I create all my landing pages there. I created a website there. And so it just was a no-brainer for me to move my email list over there because it was easier for me to make everything work together. It was easier to have it all in one place. So Kajabi is much more expensive than a regular old email service provider because it does all of those other things. You can cross website off of your cost list. You can cross email service provider off of your cost list. You can cross course host off of your cost list, your expense list. All of that gets crossed off with that price for Kajabi. But if you are somebody who's interested in starting a course or membership and you want to know more about Kajabi, I am a Kajabi partner. So I offer a special 28 day trial where you can check it out for 28 days and I can help you along the back end to try to figure everything out and really get set up in there and explore. If you use my link, you also get a free one hour coaching call with me to strategize and to set up your Kajabi account. So I will put that in the show notes as well, both of those links. And if you decide to use either one of them, shoot me an email to let me know hello at alyssamcdonald.com so I can support you in doing that. But either way, whatever you decide to go with for an email service provider, I hope this podcast helped walk you through the big picture of email marketing for your business and decide if this is right for you. And I will be sure to give you some support on next steps in further podcast episodes. So definitely let me know in the DMs on Instagram at Teacher by Naptime if you still have questions about email marketing. And I will put together some follow-up podcast episodes because I could talk about this stuff all day long. All right, you guys, I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get the latest episodes. If you have a question for me about marketing, mindset, momming, or even life in general, really anything along the lines of anything that I talk about, you can send me a voice recording over at alyssamcdonald.com slash askalyssa. That's A-L-I-S-S-A. No, I could never get those personalized pencils when I was in elementary school because I spelled my name with an I. Anyway, if you have a question and you send me a voice recording, who knows, your question might be featured on the next podcast. I can't wait to connect with you and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you.